Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello everyone, and uh, welcome to another another amazing edition of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. It's amazing. Amazing not because of us, but because of who you're going to be talking to we, and hearing from this we week. We are excited. We're, we're going international. This is... Uh, we, we are officially international now on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast because... We, we're not we're not intercontinental yet. No, no, we're not. But we are international. We're international yeah. because we have a Canadian with us joining us on the program today. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard from over the last, especially over the last couple of years and uh, last year. But um, that is Chris Vache. Did I get it right? Vache. 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 Ah, uh, David. You had it right. practiced. I know. <laughs> you had it right earlier. Stage fright. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the, the thought of people hearing me say it just just got in got in the way. But um, anyway, Chris Vache, and uh, he is from from Canada, just outside of Toronto, and uh, he's been working on a really cool project called Worship Rises, and uh, I've been following that. I've been really intrigued by it through the whole process, and uh, so. So Chris and I just talked a little bit uh, on Twitter, actually, over a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and uh, and said, you know, we got to get this thing, uh, at least in our, expose it to people in our, I can't remember if you started, if you asked or if I asked, but that doesn't matter, but uh, here we are, we're going with it. And so, um, so we're going to talk to Chris today, but uh, first I think we need to get to know Chris a little bit more, so... So Chris, yeah. why don't you uh, tell us about yourself? And I like to ask people that without asking, without giving any clarification, because then <laughs> the most important things are are the things that you talk about, and we get to find sure. out what's most important to you. Well, thanks for inviting me to be a part of it. Appreciate it, and uh, you know, I love I love seeing what God is doing with Worship Rises and hear how other people are excited about it and uh, learning more about it. So happy to spend some time with you. Uh, yeah, I live just outside Toronto, a beautiful place called Orangeville, Ontario. And I'm on staff at a church here as the worship director. I've been here for almost five years. Uh, I'm married to uh, my beautiful, great wife, and we have four kids together, and that's pretty new for us. Our, our fourth baby, uh, our first boy, was born um, 11 days ago, September 2nd. So wow. we're getting used to life with four. And you know, uh, so, so you have, I mean, this is literally brand new, like, like hot off press, you know, uh, baby, right? Yeah, hot off the press might be... Uh, maybe not the, the best image to use, but that's not quite how it happens. Uh, yeah, but no, he's he's great. He's doing great. We we have three girls and then now a boy, so we're oh, getting used cool. to life with blue things and and hopefully some trucks and GI Joes rather than uh, the the plethora of ponies and and glitter. Yeah, dolls and Barbie and nice, uh, yeah. nice. Well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I am. Uh, my wife is is about. Nine and a or eight and a half weeks away from our third, so wow, great! We'll, we'll be right there in the 
in the vicinity with you. So cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Kids kids change uh, <laughs> change your lives every time. They're yeah, pretty- it's funny, you know, when we were t- trying to schedule the the time to do this podcast, it's it's almost you can you can tell just even without asking the question, do you have kids or do you have a family by by the uh, the the way you go about figuring out what time you can do a <laughs> podcast, you know. <laughs> Well, that you know, like you said, well, that might that might run up, uh, right up against dinner time for us, you know. But for a single guy, that doesn't matter. He'll just <laughs> he'll talk right through dinner, you know. Doesn't that's matter. great. But, so, uh, so we've got family here, and I've been on staff five years as the worship director full time. So I oversee um, all of our Sunday morning service design. I work really closely with our senior pastor, uh, and I've been a worship leader for 15 years. Um, came to faith in Christ when I was a teenager, and, and because I was a musician, I got invited to play on the worship team right away. Yeah, and uh, started leading worship through high school and then through university. Uh, on campus with different organizations at summer camp and um, uh, was in a band for a while and traveled around all kinds of opportunities and uh, God allowed us to come and be on staff here in Orangeville and and we love it. We're loving the ministry that's happening here, really excited about you know, what we get to do and what we're seeing God do in us and through us. And just, it's a real unique church. It's a real unique place. Um, and it's a real unique uh, situation that I'm in that allows me to do uh, to do something like Worship Rises, uh, as well as my kind of, kind of the core ministry that I have at, at my church. Yeah, that is really cool. And so you're just outside of Toronto. It's Orangeville, but it has nothing to do with oranges or being orange. Uh, no, yeah, you're, you're not going to grow an orange for uh, 500 kilometers from here. So <laughs> yeah, our town was founded by a guy named Orange Lawrence, and they decided that Orangeville would be better than Lawrenceville. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's the name we're stuck with here. No, I've I've never been to, never been to Toronto, but I have been through and around Toronto. I, I don't not. I mean, uh, I just drove right past it. I guess we. Uh, I was traveling with a group from college back a few years ago, and uh, actually quite a few years ago now. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, we were up in New York, and we had to get to Michigan, so we drove through Canada. And that's nice. That's the closest that I've come. But yeah, it's it's uh, Toronto's a pretty great place. It's it's one of those cities where um, I, I think unless you come here, you don't realize how big it is. Uh, in our kind of in the in the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, there's I think almost five million people. It's wow. it's a pretty big place, and once you get downtown, I mean, there's everything to do. I think the UN has said it's the most multicultural city in the world. Wow. And uh, so we, we've got everything and uh, we're just we're now we're just waiting for a good baseball team because once you know, maybe the Jays can pick it up a little. I think most people have, have lost hope on the hockey team and that's OK because I'm not a Leafs fan. Um, but if we can see the Jays do some stuff, I think people get excited about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, all I remember um, is and it could maybe it's Toronto, maybe it's a different town, but it seems like you're just driving through nothing. And then like all of a sudden you come around a corner and there's this huge city. <laughs> and then like you go you go past it and then you're back into the middle of nothing again it's like it's like just the city was just like dropped right out of out of nowhere maybe i'm wrong so maybe it's a different place but we're trying to keep it secret oh, okay we don't want we don't want to let too many people know about it hey, you don't want americans running up there right <laughs> 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 but uh so cool growing church growing family and uh and what you what you do at the church gives you an opportunity to do worship rises. So mm-hmm, yeah. um, maybe you want to maybe you want to tell us just a little bit about how that that whole thing started. Sure, uh, I'm 
you know, like most artists, uh, someone who, who craves community and looks for it in all kinds of different ways. And a couple years ago, uh, I was at a place in my life where I was, I was needing that. I needed to get connected with some other arts leaders. And, um, I'm the only, uh, staff worship leader in my town. I live in a town of 30,000 and there's no other church here that has a a staff worship leader. And so Mm -hmm. to meet up with other guys, I've got to do some driving, which I'm fine to do. And I've got friends that I meet with all over Southern Ontario. Um, but a couple years ago, I was frustrated with a couple things that were going on. One was, uh, I was looking at how willing worship leaders are to just download and import songs from other contexts into their own congregation. So I, I don't want to, you know, name names in a bad way, but. You know- Loves to sing them, and um, you know, and so we don't feel bad about singing the newest Chris Tomlin or Paul Balash or uh, Matt Redman or Hillsong. But I thought I think we're missing something if that's all we're doing. If we're not doing the work of digging into our own congregations, into our own community life, into our own context, and really having a sense for what are the songs that God is birthing here. So if God is birthing new songs in in the U.S. and in Australia and in the U.K. and around the world, what, why would God not be doing that in Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was really wrestling with that. And at the same time, you know, if you look in every genre of the music industry, whether we as Canadians like it or not, there are Canadians at the forefront um, all over the place. So uh, whether we say this with pride or not, Celine Dion, <laughs> um, Nickelback, Avril Lavigne, Michael Buble, Justin Bieber. And sometimes we feel like we've got to apologize for some of those more than uh, wave the flag for no, some of them. Justin Bieber is Canadian? Uh, I, I just gave it away. Oh, man, that, that explains everything. <laughs> um, so we've got Canadians who are, you know, uber talented, uber creative, who are recognized for their talent and for the gifts that they bring to the music industry, except for what's happening in the church. There are incredibly talented people in the church, and I know some incredibly talented artists, but there, you know, as I was looking around, there was no one really kind of waving the flag for a national movement. So I really started to, you know, pray about this, and I had, and I was wrestling this with this for a while. You know, what would it look like to be part of some kind of movement that would bring Canadian worship leaders together to develop worship resources for and from the Canadian Church? And that was the phrase that just kept rolling around my brain, literally for months. I I couldn't let it go. How, what would this look like? What would be the impact of that? Would people even get excited about it? And I had conversations with people, um, you know, friends in the U S friends in Canada. What do you think? What do you think? And it took months of conversations to come to a place of, man, this is what worship rises could look like. And as we began, as I began to have more conversations with people, I was getting a real sense of, man, there's some excitement here. Okay. I'm having conversations with people and every conversation I'm having I'm getting this response of like, yeah, that would be amazing. And yeah, I want to be a part of it. And then they would go and talk to somebody and then come back to me and say, hey, you know, I want to be a part of it. But I talked to this person and they want to be a part of it, too. And then I would have conversations with somebody else. Man, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. I want to be a part of it. And literally every conversation I had with people, once we were able to sort of wrestle the idea to the ground, um, you know, people wanted to jump on board. So that's where it came from. Um, this really has never been about um, kind of creating a platform for individual songwriters or, or elevating people up to have kind of separate careers away from worshiping. This isn't about me, you know, going on the radio and having my songs uh, or, or getting, you know, getting uh, other worship leaders 
promoted to the point where they have other careers and can travel. This has really been all about Canadian worship leaders gathering together, developing resources for and from the Canadian church. That's what we've been about uh, from day one. Hmm. So, so are Americans allowed to sing these songs? Can we, can we, can we worship too? Um, sorry. Yeah. What we, what we've done is the, the way that it sort of looked, the face of worship rises has been these songwriting events. And we can talk about that in a minute, but the songwriting events has kind of generated a bunch of these new song ideas. And yeah, definitely. We've got people in churches all over Canada and the U S um, that are, that are singing songs that came off of our EP in the summer and, and others that we've shared with people. So yeah, there's definitely people in other places outside of Canada who are singing these songs. <laughs> and, um, you know, as we begin to get the word out, we're seeing more people wanting to do songs, more people wanting to hear more songs, uh, being, being just as excited as we are. Yeah. I guess as long as the worship is focused on God and your songwriting, mm-hmm. And not on Canada, <laughs> then we'll probably. It's probably, a pretty universal. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're not we're not writing songs about maple syrup and <laughs> lumberjacks and the royal mounties and no. all, all those other stereotypes. No, we're we're pretty focused on Jesus. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, so what is it like then networking? And, and I know this is going to sound maybe extremely. I don't know what the right word is, but. I know, I know. There's a lot more space in between between yeah. you up there in Canada. So yeah. if you want to network with someone that's you know maybe in the same, I'm drawing a blank. Not the same state. The same Providence. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But they're you know they could still be four or five hours away. Do you do do you do all of your stuff online or do you uh, do you still go and meet with other people and stuff like that? Yeah, what we've done is we the, the so yeah the public face like the flagship of what we're doing is these songwriting events. So the first one was in May, uh, two thousand nine, and we did it in Southern Ontario. And we just sort of put the word out to friends that we knew. Hey, would you be interested in coming, hanging out for the day, and writing songs together? We had fifteen worship leaders gather together. Um, Fourteen of the fifteen were in the room. Uh, we're, you know, we were at this church together, and we had one guy that was with us for the day on um, Skype or iChat. He was in Winnipeg, which is like far away. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we've, we've done these sort of, these physical gatherings. We've done five or six songwriting days, but we've also really used um, the, some of the online platforms that are there. So yeah, we use Skype or iChat to have people interact with us on our writing days. We, out of the songwriting days, we send ideas back to co-writers and uh, and usually they're using um, Skype or iChat to, to continue writing songs. Uh, and then, a, you know, a lot of what we've done has lived online through Twitter and Facebook and blogs. Uh, we haven't tried to, to recreate the social network thing. We're just using the tools that are already there. And um, we've just had the, the bulk of our presence uh, living online, whether it's through the Worship Rises, Twitter and Facebook accounts, or just the individual people who have been involved uh, talking about, the movement and talking about the events and talking about the songs and then, you know, leveraging their own networks that are already existing to get the word out to bigger and bigger circles. Yeah. That's we, we, Kevin doesn't know this cause he's not on Facebook, but we just, we just made that shift. <laughs> Sorry. I have to get my little slam in there every, Thank you. every chance I can get. But, um, <laughs> we were, we, for a while we're trying to create a social network separate from, you know, we were using Ning. I don't know if any, if you've heard of Ning, but we were trying sure. to create a social network that was separate from Facebook or from anything else, just its own social network. And, uh, well, they, they wanted to start charging for it. So we, 
we decided, well, we're not going to pay for it. Um, but, but when I started thinking about it, well, it makes a lot more sense to try and build a social network in a network that, that people already exist. You know, we're not asking, we, you know, if we can get people to, uh, which is brand new, but, you know, if we can get people to like our Facebook page or, you know, whatever it is, then we, then we can connect with them and a, a platform that they're regularly checking. That's a part of their routine already. And, uh, and we'll also have the chance to, to connect with people in their network that way, instead of, instead of trying to draw people to a completely different location and then trying to, you know, expect them to, to go add another thing of the, to their list that they have to do, like check email and go check their Twitter account and check Facebook. <laughs> oh, and once in a while I'll go check out that other thing that those weird guys from Washington do. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, so you, you mentioned Skype and iChat, um, did you do? I, I was curious if you if you maybe use something like Google Wave or, or or some of these other things that are out there to actually you know do the writing itself online. Yeah, we. I sort of at one point, the first time that I saw Google Wave demoed, you know, at that Google conference a couple years ago, that was actually the first thing that I thought of was man for a for a co-writing platform. Whether or not you're in the same room, even you know, imagine if you even had three people in a room together writing uh, and each of them have their laptops open already google wave becomes a pretty neat way to catalog all of your ideas in real time mm-hmm. um you know never mind if yeah if, if i'm in toronto and, and my co-writers in halifax or nashville or la or wherever that was actually with google wave the first thing i thought of and and uh i, I think we tried it a couple times and it was that the, the, the platform was a bit too foreign for people. There was too much of a learning curve to, to get on it. We've used, um, you know, Google docs to mm-hmm. keep track of what we've been doing. Um, and then, and sometimes even just email, uh, just, you know, with, with using Gmail that keeps a record of everything that you've ever sent ever in your entire life to anyone. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so we can track there. Oh man, what, what was that lyric idea that we had, you know, the third version back, we can go and find it. Hmm. Um, using, using Gmail. So we use, uh, we use Dropbox for a lot of our stuff. So if we're, um, exchanging demos back and forth, we'll often put them up on Dropbox or you send it.com. Um, trying to think I use Evernote to keep a lot of my ideas. Uh, I've, I've got, you know, I've got the Evernote iPhone app. And so if, if there's a lyric idea or something that jumps in my head, I'll, I'll do it there and sync it with, with my Evernote that's online. Um, and I, you know, we, we, we share some of the lead sheets and stuff through that platform. So we're, we're definitely open to using any of the tools that are out there. And the free ones are the ones that I love best, uh, so far. And, uh, but yeah, and we've seen some pretty neat stuff happen because what, what happens is in a, in a movement like this, where we've got, um, you know, 50, 60, 70 people all over the country who are pretty passionate and engaged with, what Worship Rises is all about and what we're doing because they've been a part of it kind of, you know, from, from the ground floor, it becomes less about, uh, you know, like the, the, it becomes less about the bullhorn, you know, Worship Rises sort of, um, blasting out info by our record, come to our event, do the song in your church, check out, you know, here's where you can get lead sheets. And instead it becomes about, we, we post something on Twitter or Facebook and it's almost like, uh, it's, it's like a public service thing or it becomes a resource for people who are in our network to then take that info and post it themselves or retweet it. And so you really get, uh, the, the worship rises, Facebook and Twitter is like the central hub. 
and people go there for info that they can then share with their own networks. So it, it becomes less about a top down, you know, buy this, listen to this, go here. And it becomes more about a bottom up where we feel like we're just, we're providing the information and the resources and the links and people are then taking what they want and what they need and what's helpful to people in their own networks and sharing it that way. So it's a bit of a different, it's a bit of a different, different approach made with sort of the traditional media where, you know, more, more the top down thing, buy this, go here, listen to this. Uh, and, and, and we've tried to, to invert a little bit and do the, do the bottom up thing. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a very organic um, ownership approach to it. You know, it's like mm. people, people are invested in it and, and so any information they have, they, they want to, Hey, you know, pass it on to all my, Hey, Hey, hey go check it out. Check out this thing that I'm involved with. You know, I, you know, I, I rewrote the third line on the bridge or, you know, something like that. You know, it's like, you know, even if it's just a teeny tiny little, little right, contribution, well, it, it's, it's ownership and, you know, people are, are it's excited the, it's to the, share. It's the whole concept of buy-in, you know, and that's something I've been trying to really work hard with, uh, just even my worship teams, you know, trying to, Get them to have buy-in uh, to, um, you know, to, to get invested and to to have that ownership in in things like that and you know things we do at my church at Laurelwood, um, you know, we we do things like uh, where where we have people pray for one another, where we you know where we have uh, worship nights, where we have you know times where we just get together and and just play songs together. Uh, but anything you can do to, to have that buy-in, and so I like what you're saying. How how you're you're getting these people this collaborative effort where everyone's kind of contributing a little bit and it ends up being you know uh, it, it ends up being a, a lot cooler because you know I mean let's face it twenty you know twenty people can come up with a lot better things than my one you know my one little brain can come up with right yeah and and you get you also get twenty different perspectives or you're how many people involved you know you get you you know you take one scripture and you have one person that's you know that's i don't know extrapolating the meaning out of it well then you get that one you get that one view on the scripture but if you have if you have twenty people doing it then you get everyone's life experience kind of you know interpreting that scripture and you get this kind of holistic you know and that you know, may not be the best way to interpret scripture, but at the same time, it's a very effective and powerful way to, to interpret scripture. So, yeah. And for us with this thing, you know, it's, it's never, it's never been about, you know, like I was saying, it's never, it's not about the event. You know, it's not about what we do at the core of worship rises. It's about, uh, encouraging the Canadian church to worship and engaging the Canadian church in worship and equipping the Canadian church to worship. That's really what we've been about. And so, you know, right now we might do songwriting events and we might do um, the recordings that we've done and, and sharing songs that way, but we're not locked into that forever. Mm-hmm. So um, at the core of what it is, it's, it's about worship. It's about honoring the Lord. It's about the church, um, you know, going deeper in her worship, all, all yeah. those kinds of things. And so, we, we feel like this is a real fluid thing. Um, and I hope people get, get the picture of that. You know, the, the public faces, the songwriting events and the EP that we released and the songs that we're doing. But really, there's so much, uh, there's so much more kind of beneath the surface with this whole thing. And to have people across the country who are committed to the movement rather than the events, it, it, you know, I feel like it's, a, it's kind of a unique thing. And we have a lot of, you know, we got a lot of excitement about where this could go. Um, and we don't feel locked into any 
any sort of pattern. Um, you know, we, we don't feel locked into anything sort of beyond our next event, uh, which is, it's, you know, there's, there's some freedom in that, right? You know, we yeah. can, we can, we can change things up if we think we need to, you know, we don't, we don't feel like we have to always repeat what we had just done. Um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of fluidity because it's so organic, because it's so grassroots, uh, it's, it's going to look different every time we do something. Um, you know, even if we have the same format of the event, it's going to look different. Yeah, it's, it's got this whole, not just like new media, but just like whole new, even like new leadership kind of approach to it where, mm. where you, you know, you mentioned this a couple of times, it's not top down. It's not, you know, coming from worship rises to everyone else. It's, it's all, it's all what's, what's important to, uh, to the mission, you know, and, and you, so like every single person involved has, has not just an investment in it, but they're, but they're interested in, and you know, fulfilling that mission in their church, their their personal church that they're involved with, and and the national church, you know, and like and being a part of a movement, it's just it's got a really cool vibe to it. it you know, it's not it's not like what what the rest. And I'm not dissing uh, worship music either, but it's not like the rest of the music that we get. You know, the rest of the music that we get is is you know from a publishing company or or a record company or record label or something, and and pushing it out to the world. Mm. And well, this, is, you know, this is this is what the next worship movement is going to sound like. Well, that's maybe or maybe not. You know, right? But, well, and, and yeah. I, and I, I think I think we need we need all kinds. I think we need the Nashville publishing companies. I think we need the passion, and I think we need the Hillsong. Um, you know, we need guys like uh, Chris Tomlin, and uh, you know, and the guys in Nashville who like their job is to write songs. I think we need those guys because those guys set the bar high. Those guys are dedicated and determined. And for the most part, when songs from those, those writers or those ministries come out, I know right away, man, my, my church is going to benefit in a huge way from these songs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think we need those. At the same time, I think we need the, organic and the messy and and the grassroots and i think we need the the teenage worship leader you know that was hey i wrote this song and i really want to do it at my church can we sing it next week you know because i think i i need we need that experience that sort of rubbing up against one another where i as a worship pastor can interact with a guy like that is it hey i wrote the song and i think we should do it and then i can go back to him hey maybe we can work on this together because if i'm only depending on the Nashville and the publishing companies, I think my my church is worse off for it. Right. I think there are going to be instances, and there's going to be times in the life of my congregation where they're going to need to sing a song that hasn't been written yet. And Nashville isn't going to be able to write it, or Australia or England or wherever isn't going to be able to write it. It's going to have to come from within. And I can think of instances uh, when that happened in, in the life of my own church. Um, and, and so I think, I think we need all those things, but I, I think you're right. I think there's a sense that something like this, sort of a, a from the ground up, if there's the, the right opportunity for people, um, people are excited and willing and wanting to be engaged. You know, they want, they're willing to give their time. They're willing to give their creativity and their work to be a part of something like this, uh, to be a part of, of resourcing the church and equipping the church and encouraging the church. And, there's, there, you know, there's kind of the mentality that Nashville is more of like a closed door world. You know, it's like a walled garden. And, oh, if only I can get into Nashville and get some time with some co-writers there. And there are definitely people who, you know, are, 
even even within the worship rises circles who do have those opportunities. But yeah, I think we need like the local networks of worship leaders writing together. And I, you know what I think, I think that the Nashville publishing companies would say the same thing. And the people that I talk to in Nashville, you know, they do say that they want to encourage the, the local stuff to be happening. They want to be encouraging the local church to be writing their own songs and to, and to be, um, you know, to be engaged in that process. But I, so I, I think we need it all. We, we, uh, David and I went through, um, uh, the Paul Balash book, God songs in, uh, yeah. some, in some previous, uh, episodes. We, uh, um, and I remember one of the last chapters, uh, David, you remember in that book, they were talking about publishing, you know, how to get your songs published. And one of the things that we, that we both commented on during that podcast episode was that, um, uh, the, the publisher, you know, who they were interviewing was saying, you know, look, get, get the song in your own church. You know, don't, don't try to just write a song. You know, if your church is singing it, you know, we as publishers are 10 times more likely to actually, you know, take notice if this is something that your church, your community, uh, your people are already connecting with because, um, you know, that, that is a lot how, how the people of God sing, you know, when, when, when there's that song, when there's that movement, when there's that, uh, just something that resonates within people, and so I like I like what you're saying, and I like what you're doing because it, it is even like David was saying, kind of organic in that way. Well, yeah, and they kind of like along those lines. What you're we've talked about several times. This is what you were hinting at is writing a song for a specific need. You know, mm. we've talked about that in some of the songs that you suggested. Like, um, what's his face wrote did a new version of the Lord's Prayer. Oh yeah, Brian Dirksen. Yeah, because there hadn't been one for a long time, and the one that we had wasn't relevant anymore, or something like that. Or yeah. It didn't fit like it like it needed to, and so, and so you know, and that's what, and that's one of the things we talked about a lot through those episodes was that that we we who have the ability to write songs need to write songs that fit that that fill the void. Yeah, the, the, the gap. Yeah, because even even if there are, are hundreds of songwriters in Nashville, they're still not necessarily going to fill all the needs that we have in our individual churches. Where where if we can write a song, you know, maybe it's not as good as the song that's going to come out of Nashville, but it, it's going to be something that we can we can hit the target right on the dot, you know, and, and we can we can do something that uh, that's going to really speak to our people specifically, and so. Um, Anyway, hey, uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this episode up, and uh, we will have Chris with us again on the next episode. We're gonna get get in a little more detail, a little more depth of of the nitty gritty, maybe you might say, of of how the whole thing has come about, and um, yeah. and some of the stuff that's gonna be coming up with, <coughs> excuse me, worship rises, and um, but anyway, you can find us online worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can follow us on Twitter, a new Twitter account I just started wow. for just Worship Ministry Catalyst. Way to go, David. Well, I figured people might be getting confused because um, you know, my Twitter account is Lindner Photo. Oh. And so it's like, why is this weird Lindner Photo guy that's taking pictures somewhere, you know, <laughs> in Washington following me because I'm a worship pastor, you know? And so I wanted people to maybe be able to make that connection quicker with with just the title of our, of our account. So Twitter is now at WM Catalyst, and uh, and you can still follow me at Lender Photo if you want. And if you want to unfo- <laughs> if you want to unfollow me and follow you know WM Catalyst, you won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> but um, so anyway, you can find us online. Of course, you can still always email us to uh, David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or uh, Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. And if you'd like to know more about Worship Rises, you can go to WorshipRises.ca, like. 
Canada. And you can also follow them on Twitter at Worship Rises. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris from Canada. And you can go to Chris's blog, uh, ChrisFromCanada.com. All right. Well, thanks for being with us this episode, Chris. And uh, we will catch you next week. For us, it'll be in about a couple of minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.